1: BritFlix.com podcast. It's the BritFlix.com podcast. Welcome to another BritFlix.com podcast. Today I've got with me Dominic Carver. Hello Dominic.
0: Hello. And how are you this
1: uh, fine sunny morning in London? What's it like where you are?
0: It's well, yeah. I'm in uh, just outside of Bournemouth, and it's um, a bit rainy today.
1: So we've got the two contrast of British weather there, right? I've, we've got you on the podcast for for two reasons. The first one being you're a script writer, and we always wanted to speak to writers. And me being a writer, I make it my job to yeah. uh, emphasize on the writing side of filmmaking because I think I think them directors get a lot of uh, attention. They do. <laughs> <laughs> so i I've made it one of my mission I don't always succeed, but today I'm succeeding but also you uh, you you operate as a script editor as well, so I think it'd be interesting for me certainly and hopefully for the listener to explore what that role is in film mm-hmm okay yeah definitely well but before we before we get into any of that detail let's have a let's have a rewinding the clock from you as a person trying to wanting to get into wanting to get into film um so what, 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 what in your, in your memory, as it were, represents a kind of tipping point for you wanting to become a screenwriter? Oh, is it a person? God. Is it a film? Is it, a, you know, that kind of thing. It's not necessarily...
0: I think the, the, the film that stood out for me that you know that really got me interested in movies, and it's quite a, an odd film choice for, for most people, um, I think, it was actually um, Dirty Harry... Okay, I watched that, and I just thought, "Wow, that is brilliant, and still to this day it's it's one of my favorite films, and it just it just drew me into films, I think then, and then I just got really interested in and i've I've watched so many films i couldn't even tell you begin to tell you how many um and I just got I love a love of film and t v now and yeah no that that was the one i that i I recall. Watching and that, and it was a specific moment after watching it, going, "Wow, you know, I wish I could do this." Um, what was it about
1: that film that, that differed from from what you'd been used to? That you'd kind of, I suppose, more more passively consumed or just been entertained by that sort of woke you
0: up. I think it was the first one that I really identified with the characters, and really, lo- you know, really loved the characters, even the, even the um, um, the bad guy, Scorpio. Yeah. Um, he was obviously based on um, a real serial killer that was um, uh, around in San Francisco at the time, and it, it just—I—I I, I just just fell for the characters, and I'd—I'd never been drawn in that much to a film before, even though I'd watched like you know stuff like Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back, um, Superman. I, you know that that was the first one that I remember saying wow, these are brilliant characters and it just re- really grabbed hold of me.
1: I think it's 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 a it's a, it's a, a, a cracking film. Um, mm. It was uh I guess is, is 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 it officially a sequel to Magnum Force or is it
0: No, Dirty Harry's the first one and then Magnum Force is the is the sequel. Oh, there
1: we go. That's me. That's me getting me, uh, me chronology wrong? Um now you've um You've, you've got you did some formal education in in screenwriting didn't you you studied at Bournemouth University
0: I did yes
1: um in what for, for those people who are thinking of how to develop themselves as writers what what benefits do you think you gained from spending time at university working on screenwriting
0: I think it to, I mean I, I, I I have talked about this when I've talked to other people before and I'm kind of for it and kind of against it okay cool. Um, the for part was it actually it encourages us to sit down long periods of time and, and do write actually sit down to do writing mm-hmm. um, which I think a lot of new writers find very difficult to find the time or the motivation to sit in front of a computer screen and, and do it it's, but when you're doing the course, you have to because they set you different uh, length scripts over the three years, and you know they set you deadlines, which I think is is better than just saying oh, I'm going to write a spec.
1: <laughs>
0: and you spend. I mean, I, I I'm you know I I must admit I am quite lazy sometimes with my own specs. If I've got something that I'm commissioned for, I will write it and it will be ready before the deadline. Yeah. Um, but if I'm writing my own spec, you know, I can come back to that anytime. So I d- there's no urgency there. And sometimes, you know, I get very frustrated with myself. So having those deadlines f- from the, you know, from the education side is good. But what I have said to other people is, is if you want to be a writer, it's not necessarily the way to go. Um, there are a lot of writers out there who haven't had any formal education in screenwriting who have done extremely well. Um, the only advantage, I think, of doing a degree is if you're you know, quite young, like in your early 20s, and you want to get in at entry level into the business um, as a runner or something like that, then, then that degree is going to help you do that. But nobody's going to hire you as a writer. If they see you have a writing degree, they're not going to say, all right, yeah, I better hire him over somebody who hasn't got a writing degree. Yeah. Because it's that's not how people are hired people are hired um a basically for their skill and then b most importantly is how you know do we get on with this person is this person going to deliver what we ask um and i think that's the main you know the 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 biggest part of um being a commissioned writer is you know do we do we get on with this writer you know is this writer going to do what we ask and if, that, if the answer is yes, it doesn't really matter what qualifications they've got. They may be even not as good a writer as someone else that they've seen, but they might not have got on with that other person. So, yeah, I mean, the degrees are good, but it, it, it's I think they're only specifically useful if you want to get in an entry level into the TV or film industry as a runner and then work your way up there. I mean, I've seen... Um, that one of the people that was on my course as well, on the same time as me, he, he did the degree and then went and worked for an agency, and he's now an agent in his own right. Okay. So he used it, you know, to take a different career path, and he, he used it well, and it's, it's it, you know, it suited him. So,
1: do you, do you think that, that notion of the kind of right fit, the personality side of it you discussed there, do you think that's very particular to the screenwriting discipline?
0: In, in the filmmaking or TV making process, <clears throat> I think so. Yes, um, I mean I have met people who um, that I've read for who, who have sent me their script to say, please can you read it? You know, and and because I, I do do some reading outside of uh, the script editing and uh, script editing and the script writing, yeah. and I found that some people are very. Sometimes very single-minded. They know exactly what they want to write, and they're not very open to to hearing how their work might change. Mm. And and I look at that, and I think, well, if that's you know if that's your attitude, you're going to find it very difficult to get ahead in the industry. You have to be open. It's not all oh, your script's brilliant. Let's go make it as it is. It's a collaboration. <laughs> it's going to change. It's going to check the. Producers are going to get you to rewrite it. The director will get you to rewrite it, and then the actors will ad-lib during the filming as well. So it, you know, what your shooting script and finishes like, it won't necessarily reflect entirely what appears on the screen. So it's a, you know, a certain amount of flexibility. You've got to. um, There will be case. Times when you don't agree with what you're being told. Mm. Um, and I found in those situations that you suggest something else if you don't particularly like it, but you sit in there and discuss it. It's not about like, saying, I'm not going to write it or I think your idea's, you know, wrong. You sit and discuss it. You give your points why you think it's not working or wouldn't work. And then you come to an agreement and that's the best way to work. And I think people that, you know, are quite happy to change their work and, and have their work um you know made different by other people or people adding to it then they're going to have a, a more successful career than those who are just stubbornly going to hang on to what they've written and and you know won't budge when people give them better ideas do, do you
1: follow um brian koppelman on twitter
0: um, quite possibly yes he does
1: he does the uh, 6 second script tips
0: which yeah are fantastic I think I little do, yeah. vine
1: clips that he puts up and one of them one of them was about this, this the subject of, of getting feedback and stuff on your script and he, he said people criticizing your script is not a criticism of you and i think what you've been describing there is where people confuse a single minded vision mm. with the script is them
0: That's it, because I I, I find that some people will, um, when they get rejected from somewhere, they take the rejection personally, which is ridiculous. It's not; they're not rejecting you as a person or as a writer. They're just rejecting that screenplay. It might not, you know, it might be extremely well written, but it's, you know, they're rejecting it for reasons like, for instance, um, they're working on something similar, or it's not the kind of thing that they're looking for. You know, from many reasons why they reject it, but it's not a personal rejection of the writer. But some people do take it that way, and uh, you know, they got to learn. I mean, uh, to be honest, I got when I first started out, I did take things personally, and um, you kind of have to teach yourself not to take it personally and just to, uh, you know, just to realize that it is a business and it, you know, not everything is going to be a hit with everybody. You know, different people are going to like different things.
1: I mean, I suppose I mean rejection is rejection, isn't it? And, and it's hard. Mm. It's often hard not to take it personally. But you're right. There is something about the um, the rhino skin hind that you need oh, to yes. as Oh yes, no writer.
0: diamond hard skin is what I would suggest.
1: <laughs> <laughs> not even so rhino's not tough enough.
0: No, rhino's not tough enough. No, diamond hard. Can, just just for the for, could you to
1: give us an example of where you before we go into what a script editor is but just just taking the the kind of positives of of getting notes so if you can use an illustrate with a full example of, of of a script to yours that would be great you know where where you got notes on a script you'd written and you saw how the opportunity rather than the threat of what was being suggested do you have anything you can
0: yeah um well, the one I won um, an award for, Faith. It's a. It started out as basically like a dark drama. Yeah. Um, a character study of three different people um, over a, a course of one week and how one incident um, ruined all their lives. Yeah. Um, I remember the first person I sent it to, Lucy Hay. She she read it and said um, it feels. You know, it's a multi-protagonist one, but it feels that it should be just one person. And she was quite correct after I read it. You know, I read through her notes several times. And when I came back to the screenplay, I realised that was the case. It was about Faith, who was the main character. And, it, you know, so I, when I rewrote it, I concentrated more on her and lessened um, the other two characters, put them more into the background and it became a better script for it. And plus also when I had it optioned, the director said, yeah, I like it, but I want to make it a bit more of a thriller. So we high, um, paid closer attention to, um, the incident. I'm not going to say what the incident is, but there's an incident that happens at the beginning and it affects everybody. Yeah. So, you know, we, we paid more closer attention to that. And, um, Made the danger very, you know, but more real for Fay Faith, and her trying to escape this life that she was stuck in, and I would say it's it's definitely a different script to the one that I won the award for, but I think it's better because you know I've, t- I've taken I haven't taken everything that other people have said, but I've you know I've listened to what they've said and I've judged what they've said. You know, with a pit, whether I think it will be it, it worked well or whether it w- wouldn't, and the th- and I'm quite open to ideas. So that pretty much, you know, everything that I was asked to change um, by the director was, you know, it did get changed. There was a few things that I didn't agree with, and and we dis- and discussed them, mm. and um, you know, we decided. You know, there was a couple of occasions where where I came up with something that was slightly different to what he suggested. And he said, yeah, that's a much better idea. Let's do that. So, you know, it was a good journey and it was a good learning experience for me. And and the script itself was definitely a lot, lot stronger because of it.
1: So what what you're saying there, then, it sounds like, is that during the process of getting that feedback and and somebody trying to impose their view on your screenplay, Mm. instead of resisting it, you've rose to the challenge of it and that's created this other new avenue, which is you kind of the new idea, and then the person that's saying I want this has gone. Oh no, actually, no. What you've said is better. So in a way, the the feedback that you might not have wanted instigated an improvement as a byproduct of it, rather than as a direct result of it.
0: That's it. I mean, that's I've found that uh, has happened on on several of the commissions I've done as well. Hmm. Um, you know, they'll suggest an idea. <clears throat> can we do it this way? And I'm thinking, well, that doesn't quite fit, but what if we do this instead? And the majority of the time, you know, that's the way we've gone. We've, we've gone with that idea. It, I don't think it's just a matter of me saying, no, it do, doesn't work. Or yes, it does work. I think as it's my job as a writer, to come up with alternatives. Um, take their ideas and, you know, if they don't fit exactly, to try and alter them a little bit, see if there's anything better that we can come up with. Even if it's a brilliant idea, I'll still have a look, see if I can come up with something better.
1: Strategically speaking, did does, does does um, did having a clear view of what the story was, so a tight log line or a, a decent synops- decent short synopsis, so that when new ideas came along you could you and the director or whoever else was feeding back to you were able to scrutinise it with a view of, well, this is the story we're trying to tell.
0: Yeah, I mean, you always focus on, on A, what the theme is, and B, what the story is that you're telling. Mm. Um, Faith in particular has gone through so many changes and alterations. Um, the basic idea from, from what I started with is still there, yeah. but the, the, the end product is drastically different to what, you know, the first draft I ever wrote. And because it's, it's kind of, I mean, I always think of writing as a, an organic process. Yeah. As you're writing along, other ideas will pop into your head. You leave that, and, you know, better ideas will pop into your head and you can change them. And uh, New characters will, you know, show themselves. You can put them in. You can take, other characters won't work. You take them out. And uh, as long as you start off with that, you know, keep along that main idea for, for the reason that you're writing that screenplay, I, I feel it doesn't matter how many changes you make, as long as you, you, you get the finished product is, is you know, um, there or thereabouts of what you wanted to, to do when you started.
1: Sounds like, sounds like a great deal of pragmatism goes a long way as
0: a screenwriter. Yeah, it's, you, you, have, you have to accept that it's not, you know, because I have seen people write a first draft and then just stick rigidly to that, and it, it, it's frustrating when, you you know, they, they've asked you for help and you want to try and help them, but they're not ready or able or open enough to listen to, you know, what might be wrong with their work.
1: I think often. I think often. I mean, I've, I've been in that position myself where people ask you for feedback when in what, what you what you realise what they wanted was a pat on the back for finishing the draft, not mm. not to be told.
0: I agree. Yes, this definitely. is really
1: exciting. But if you did this, this, and this, you'd do this and be like, oh no, but I didn't want to hear that and get very defensive. Um, mm. What what would be um, in your approach to writing? Um, you mentioned there about you know having a, identifying a theme and a. And a, and a clear idea of what the story is. How how do how do you go about developing your your spec screenplays, for example? Um, are you an outliner? Are you a kind of burn the midnight old man? Are you diving straight there and see see where you, where you find these characters? What's your basic approach to?
0: Well, I I, I I mean everything that I write is heavily character based. I can't. I'm not the cut. Co- I've only ever written one screenplay where I started out with the story and then sort of made the characters up as I went along. and I'm still rewriting it to this day, so (laughs) (laughs) it didn't quite work out. But no, I have to work the characters out first, so I'll sit and work on those. Then I'll do um, a beat sheet, you know, just the the major points, Hmm. Um, you know, end of act one, end of act two, midway, and all, all, all of that. And so I can roughly work out if the beats are working if the characters are working and if the story is working and then i'll go and get 40 index cards and i'll write down the 40 key scenes on that and stick them up on my pin board and then once i'm happy with the, the in the 40 scenes i'll get straight down to the writing and write the first draft and i usually i can usually do that within about 21 days there about six weeks
1: what yeah, from, from, from thinking of it to, to delivering that draft
0: yes yeah I, I usually write, I, I just plough into the first draft I, and I you know I don't faff around with it I, I will try and aim for five pages a day uh, when I sit down in the, the, the following morning I'll quickly go through those previous five pages check and make a few changes spend about an hour yeah um doing a few alterations and then i'll get on to the next five pages um so yeah normally it's anywhere between 21 days and and six weeks um i can i can do a really good polished first draft um it's what i call a first draft but really it's probably about draft 10
1: (laughs) i suppose yeah, if you're constantly doing that reworking of stuff as you're going through then you're going to you're going to smooth that quite a lot, aren't you? And always be going forward on the basis of a clear, understa- a clear understanding that evolves day in, day out, aren't you?
0: Yeah, and some of the the producers and directors I've worked with, um, they'd be quite keen to see, like you know, the script at twenty five pages at a time. So you know, as soon as I finish twenty five pages, I send it off, in the course, and of course, then they'll give me notes on that, and I'll go back and change that. So. As well as changing it myself, it gets changed quite a bit. Okay. Up until the to until the point where the, the first draft is finished, and then I'll I'll do another quick rewrite for them. And then that's what we'll call the first draft.
1: Can can I just go back on that, that idea of you saying you write from the character first, not from yeah. the story? How 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 is that different? What happens there for you that doesn't happen? when you're uh, when you just sit down to try and write and let's let's say just a short story to start with and then build from there what is it you get from saying this person is a rock climber from Ipswich who blah 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 <laughs> you know I've been divorced for four years what what are you getting there
0: well i think um knowing the characters really well before you start um That will will give you your key conflict um, throughout the script because you know who they are and how they're going to react to the situations. And the thing that I find fascinating the most as well is that as you're writing them, they'll kind of. uh, This is why I call about you know talk about organic screenplays, you know, that writing process is organic because they will grow and expand, and then you'll suddenly get to point in your screenplay where you think well hold on this character won't do that he'll do something else so you have to change bits of it so whereas if you're writing the plot you write the plot and you're trying to fit the characters to it and I find that it just seems odd to me to do it that way yeah. and I find it extremely difficult to write that way um, you know as long as I know the characters first and, and, and who they are then I can get on and write the plot
1: Okay. Okay. Now, um, as well, like we said in the introduction. As well as being a screenwriter, you are a script editor. Mm-hmm. Can you briefly summarise what a script editor does first?
0: Well, I don't know if I'm doing it correctly, but this is how <laughs> I do it. Um, yeah, just basically, it's it, it, it's just an extension of what I do when I read people's scripts. Like you know, if I if I'm um, giving them fr- private feedback. Um, and so far, the um, features that I've worked on, I've just read the script, um, I've suggested changes, um, and in a, on, a, on one um, example, I've helped the the writer rewrite the in, the entire draft, um, because it wasn't working at all. And you know i sat down and I've worked through the characters with her. Then work through um, the plot, and she's rewritten it, and you know it's just basically just. I kind of think think of it as babysitting. Hmm. I know that's an odd analogy, but it just it it just seems to me like you know you're just sitting at someone's shoulder and just you know easing them through 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 the next draft.
1: I mean, I don't know about you, but I, th- I think I think the the easiest thing to do when you pick somebody else's script up is to see the opportunities, mm. and the, the hardest thing to do is spot the same thing in your own scripts because all the other pages were written by you, so you kind mm. of think you're locked. You can be you can be trapped in your own script, but somebody else's is quite liberating, isn't it? You know, in terms of it's, I don't know. I wish I could capture sometimes that that liberation I have when I'm going, but this could happen and this could happen. without Yeah,
0: fear I mean. Of That's why I liked working on the commissions I have so far because they've not been my ideas. They've been somebody else's ideas. So it's nice to go in with a fresh head, an empty head, and just think, right, let's have a look at this idea and see what we can do with it. And I've not had any complaints. In fact, you know, that they've all, to date, have all absolutely loved what I've done for them. Mm. Um, So, I mean, you know, so it obviously comes through, to the quality of the work, how much I actually enjoy doing that. Um, but if I'm working on somebody else's stuff, and you know if somebody else has written it, and I'm script editing it, what I try not to do is say, you know, go down and the individual lines and say, "I'll oh, change this word," "I'll change that word."
1: So Dominic, if you're um, if you're not if you're not changing words, then what what is it you you're doing in in the kind of babysitting role with the writer?
0: It's guiding basically. I, I you try and because the writer. Um, has been employed to do that job. It's not your job to do the writing for them, or that's mm-hmm. the way I th- think of it. Mm. Um, I'm. It's more my job to suggest things to them. To you know, would this character be better off doing this, or, or if not, is there another way that you think we can get past it? Um, so basically, all my notes pretty much come in the form of questions, um, so that you, the writer. Will actually sit there and think more about their screenplay and what they've written, rather than me just saying to them, "Do this, do that, uh, change this, get rid of that character." You know, I don't. I think people are more open if you're just guiding them rather than telling them what to do. Um, you know that they, as I said, they've been employed to do the writing, so let them get on with it. Just. You know, make them think a little bit more about their screenplay and what they've put into it and what they could put into it.
1: What What do you think the difference is between the script editor and a co writer? I mean, I, I can. I, I mean, obviously, the literal thing is you're not you're not typing away at the script, but having co written with people, it strikes me that the idea of asking questions like you're saying is fairly similar to what I or the co writer would do to me. You know, while you're you're busy yeah, ideas. I think
0: it's I think it is very similar um The only difference is I mean the way I work um with another writer is just passing the you know the work that we do backwards and forwards and we both work on it
1: hmm.
0: um, sort of like if I've started off on the characters, then I'll pass it over to the co-writer. they'll make suggestions, they'll do some changes themselves. And then it will get passed back to me and, you know, I'll read their suggestions and make changes, make more suggestions and pass it back. And then when we're both happy, that's when, it, you know, we, we take a step forward and go and start and work on something else.
1: Okay. So, um, moving on, um, you are also a quite a prolific blogger on the subject of screenwriting. That is how you came to my attention via certainly via lucy lucy hayes pages and retweets and stuff mm-hmm. um what sort what sort of things have you um what sort of things have you have you are, are you more i mean you tend to you, you tend to mix between the kind of the world at large and also your own stuff so let's think about the world at large that you're writing about what what, what <coughs> do you think of some of the main shifting sands at the minute in in kind of the screenwriting business that you're seeing.
0: Um, I, I at the moment. I think it's um, there's the the platforms that, that the writers are being hired to work on. I think is 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 changing a lot now. There's a lot more um, web series um, being written, especially uh, and and for even for the TV programs that are done. There's there's like extra content that they they put on they put like mini a shoot off mini web series or stuff like that and i think that's the way to go i think you have to look at all you know how you can get the most out of what you're writing yeah via via social media you know how how can you reach more of an audience rather than just simply writing a tv episode and having it broadcast what you know um I mean, I've been talking to see BBC recently, and yeah. that's very much the way that they're looking at things. They don't want to just have a TV series on the thing. There's a lot more to it. They want to be able to put it on, you know, short episodes or follow-up episodes or, um, you know, that type of thing on the website, but okay. also games, puzzles, to draw the kids into the website and, you know, so the kids bring the kids, um, in more to that program. So it's more than just something they can watch, but something they can get involved with as well and interact with.
1: Okay. <laughs> so you know, that, that, that's, <laughs> seem, that's seemingly been a role that the screenwriter can get involved with.
0: Yeah. I mean, okay. the, yeah, there's, uh, there's lots of opportunity, um, to make it not only just, you know, to get involved in, in that side of things, but to make your own stuff as well. I mean there's there's there people who have started out in um, writing web series have uh, been noticed that way. And because anybody can write a, a web series, stick it up on YouTube, and it's there for people to watch and yeah, I mean I recently, had, I, did, um, yeah.
1: I recently had had um, the guy that created Svengali, which was mm. a web series two, three years ago, and it's now just been released as a feature film.
0: So there you go. I mean, you know, the the stuff you can do, there's no limit. I mean, I can't remember the... What was it called? Monsters, the feature film that the guy shot for pretty much no budget and edited it on his own computer. That's right, yeah. And it went on to show really well. You know, made quite a bit of money at the box office... And so it just goes to show that if you you know you're dedicated and motivated enough you can there there are a multitude of avenues out there to get your work done and get it seen
1: um, well i'm just, just I'm, I'll put this these links and, and details with with the podcast but where where can what's the what's the web address for people to find the blog and, and your it your is
0: http mm-hmm. uh, uh dot slash slash Sorry, excuse me, I'm going to have to cough. (coughs) Um, Dom's World, Dom's, you're going to have to edit this out now, aren't you? (laughs) Not at all,
1: because the link's going to be there, so this is part of the conversation. Let's be organic.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Um, Dom's-world.blogspot.com. Perfect. And my website's www.thescriptwriter.com co.uk and you can find the link for the uh, blog on there as well
1: <coughs> well I'll, I'll, I'll put links in with the uh, with the introductory text with the podcast so uh, if mm-hmm. the co- if the coffin disrupted your pencil there as you were writing it um you better get it later dear reader um a listener even um so thinking about british film um is there a is there a is there a british film that you that you think you could uh, you'd recommend that deserves a bit more kudos than it's currently getting
0: um, yeah there's actually one that's um doing really rather well for it. it's um an independent one a low budget called Stalled um written by uh Dan Palmer and act- he's the star of it as well um directed by Christian James <coughs> Sorry excuse me coughing again it's all right. <coughs> um yeah no it's a brilliant brilliant um comedy horror and it was just uh, when i watched it i just thought how how originally funny it was and uh... <coughs> sorry I'm dying here <coughs> do you want
1: to get a glass of water <laughs>
0: <coughs> that's bitter. it's off my chest now um, yeah no, I just thought it was a brilliant film I just thought it was original funny and um, my wife works at um, Lighthouse in Paul yeah which is a centre for the arts and they have got this thing called um uh, dorset in the film and they try and um or basically they invite all anybody who's who's lived in the area or has made a film in the area to s- submit their film mm. and then the, and, and and then we watch it and then we ch- um she chooses one of the films to to show and it gets sh- uh you know like a a premiere in the cinema there at the lighthouse yeah installed was one and that, that it did really well it did really well at the shows. I think they did a second show and it did so well. And um, I think it's just something... So it's, it's outselling major blockbusters on DVD as well. That's how well it's doing. And I think people should just hunt it down, have a watch, and, uh, you know, enjoy, sit back and enjoy it because it really is an extremely good film.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I, think, I think Stalled and, um, and The Borderlands, which is another British... Horror release this year, both both previewed, premiered at FrightFest mm. in in the summer last year. Indeed, they did. Yes, which which are, which are like you say are doing are doing really well in <coughs> in that kind of level playing field of iTunes and things like that. Where despite the much bigger marketing budgets, they're uh, they're, well,
0: that's they're finding I mean, an audience. Yeah, they, they, well, thank you know, thank God for iTunes because you know, even if you make you know you're. A, it, it's your first film you 're an indie filmmaker it 's a low budget film. You can get it released on iTunes and I think that's just absolutely brilliant there's so much more as i said earlier on there 's so much more opportunity for writers and filmmakers these days than there was when I started out yeah if you, you know if you 're proactive you can you can really make a name for yourself
1: now now before we go i mean' you 've given, you've given lots of lots of nuggets of advice and and, and lots of just, just general good advice but is there, is there um is there one sort of valuable lesson that was early on in your in your kind of writing career or aspirations that stands you in good stead today that you could pass on
0: um yeah i mean i am I'm, I'm still doing it now, which is learn as much as you can um i mean i i've even today I've reviewed another writing book on my blog um I'm always reading them I'm always looking reading blogs. Um, learning, you know, as much as I can about the writing uh, writing business. There's there's a company, a production company. I'm not going to say who it is at the moment, but um, I'm shadowing one of their writers um, on a first draft of of a new TV series, and yeah. I get to, you know, because basically I just said to them, look, you know, I'd love to learn how how the TV process works. And I've you know, I've seen his rough first draft, I've seen the notes that they've sent him back. And it's just been absolutely brilliant, a brilliant learning curve. And that's that's the biggest piece of advice I can give is just learn as much as you can. Don't think that you know it all. Um if you've written something, rewrite it and in and just try and get to know as many people as possible and and learn from them.
1: And uh, and, and for yourself, have you got any uh, is there any projects in the pipeline that we, that we might hear about soon? You have to name them, just just
0: if you yeah, can the, just... well the, the three of um my um commissions so far that seem to be doing quite well so far there's um the children's novel adaptation called uh the giant under the snow yeah. um that's raising funding now to uh to shoot later hopefully next year okay that's um going to be shot at pinewood and it's uh Raising money. There's also Playground, which is um, uh, set in the world of boy uh, boy soldiers, child soldiers in Africa. That's um, that's getting a lot of interest. So hopefully, sometime soon, that'll uh, that'll go into production. And I'm just finishing off another draft um, of a an indie thriller for a producer director, um, which we're hoping to go into pre-production on at. The end of this summer.
1: Excellent, excellent. Sounds like exciting times. Well, um, I'd, I'd I, well hopefully you've enjoyed enjoyed this experience on, on the on the Brickless podcast. And, and when those sort of projects get green lit or have been through the production process, it'd be uh, it'd be lovely to have you back on to talk about your experience yeah, yeah. and what you learned from that bit.
0: Yeah, it would be lovely to come back on again. Thanks for inviting me. It's the
1: podcast It's the Come podcast. Hey, y'all. Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me what inspires your music.